So there's a way of praying that I think can be really helpful, especially praying with the Gospels. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I think I've spoken a little bit about it before, but um, there's to pray using your imagination, right? So imagining things doesn't just mean like making stuff up, right? Like sometimes you have an imaginary friend. Uh, hopefully you don't still have an imaginary friend. But, right, so imagining things sometimes means making things up, but there's also, right, to image something, right, to imagine something means putting an image to it. So when you're reading the gospel, or really, I mean, if you're reading any story, but the way this prayer goes, if you're reading the gospels, to imagine, right, to try to put an image to what you're hearing. So that it's not just empty words on a page, but it's actually something that can maybe come alive to you in a way that hasn't come alive before. I think this particular passage is really like a good example of, of a passage you could pray with because there's so much in the passage that maybe we could say is easy to imagine. Right? It says there's a sizable crowd following Jesus. You can imagine a lot of people following Jesus. There's a, a single blind man sitting by the road it says there's a cloak over his lap because he has to throw it off right and he's calling out right it's just easy to imagine i like to i like to try to do that when i'm reading the gospel passages this particular passage i've, I've prayed with a bunch of times because like i said it's easy to to imagine this one it's easy to imagine the road and the crowd and the blind man sitting by the side and just you know like Kind of like how we have lots of people sitting by the, the side of the road today with signs, right? So you can imagine something like that. And he's calling out and the crowd is like telling him to shut up, right? And Jesus calls him and he, like you have this disheveled man coming to Jesus who's messy, but he, he's, he's just excited to be in the presence of Jesus. And, and he, right, there's this interaction. Jesus is saying like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, I want to see and then to imagine the joy in his eyes when his eyes are opened and he can begin to see physically, right? And it's, it's, it's just super easy to imagine this. So again, I encourage you actually to, to go home maybe this week at some point to imagine this. It comes from Mark chapter 10. The thing this time that, that catches my attention when I'm, when I'm talking about imagining this passage is the contrast between the crowd and blind Bartimaeus. Right, so throughout my times of, of praying with this, there have been different things that have caught my attention. In this particular one, it's the contrast between the crowd and Bartimaeus. And noticing that as I think about them and examine them, and I'll share what I, what I sort of analyzed or examined within them, that as I'm examining them or, or just sort of watching everything unfold in front of me and I'm reflecting on that in my own life, I recognize that I can actually relate to both of them in different ways, but ultimately in similar ways. So let me, let me explain. So, right, there's this sizable crowd, and we know this, that Jesus, throughout his time of ministry, he grew in popularity so that large crowds followed him. At various times, much of the crowd decided to leave him because they didn't like his teaching or on the cross, you know, he was pretty much by himself with just a handful of people. But nonetheless, we know that he grew in popularity. So like to see the sizable crowd and just to sort of, again, analyze where they're at, try to, to put myself in their position, being a member of the crowd. And as I look at the crowd, I see that there's actually, 
being part of the crowd that's just following Jesus, there can actually be a danger to it. That's not to say that it is, that it is dangerous to follow Jesus, but that there is a potential, or maybe what I recognized anyways this week was that there are a couple of potential dangers to being part of the crowd of following Jesus. And this, this was good for me to recognize, and I think it's good for all of us to recognize this, that sometimes being a member of the crowd can actually, in some ways, lead us astray. Right, because what do we see? When Bartimaeus is crying out, what does the crowd do? The crowd tells him to shut up. And of course, Jesus changes their mind, and we'll talk about the goodness of being part of the crowd in a minute, but first, just to recognize that there can sometimes be, you could almost say like a complacency that creeps in when we're part of the crowd of following Jesus. Wait, we, we recognize that whoever he is, there's something incredible happening here. We, we see the miracles that he performs. We see that there's something dynamic and maybe even charismatic about him, that there's something about him that, draw, that has drawn us to him. But... At the same time, there can almost be, like, I'm part of this club, and I feel like the club is doing pretty well. We don't need any new members. Especially we don't need that member. Like, you can't, like we, there can, right, so this is the, the temptation. Again, I'm not saying that we're all this way. I'm saying that sometimes I recognize this in my life that, you know, like, I feel like I've got my life pretty put together, and like, I, like, I understand Jesus. So I don't, I'm not that concerned about gaining this guy who's disheveled and unkempt and kind of annoying because he's screaming all the time. Like, Jesus, we can, we can go on and without him. Right? This is, this is a temptation to, to fall into a spirit of complacency that, that the crowd that I'm with, we're pretty set. Or maybe another, another thing we can imagine is that well, Jesus has called me to be a part of this crowd, and, you know, the crowd isn't for everyone, so, you know, maybe you down there, you're not worthy of this. As though, like, I can now read Jesus' mind and just say, like, well, he's called me, but he hasn't called you by any means. Right? This is, a, this is one of the potential dangers of being part of the crowd, that we become complacent, we become inward-focused, so that we're not actually concerned about trying to get others to come along and join. That's, that's maybe the first thing that I noticed. Now, like I said, being part of the crowd isn't all bad, right? Because there's, you're, I'm physically present with Jesus. And what's more, the members of the crowd, they reveal that they're actually open to being instructed by Jesus, right? They begin by telling Bartimaeus to be quiet and they're rebuking him, but they end by receiving the instruction from Jesus to call him. And it's like their tone shifts completely. Before, when they were telling him to be quiet, now it's like, oh my gosh, we got to encourage you to, right? So they're being instructed by Jesus. So there's, again, there's, there's something really good about being part of the crowd and honorable about recognizing that Jesus is important and that I actually am open to being instructed by him. But I also recognize that being part of the crowd carries with it some dangers and that I actually give in to those dangers sometimes. Right, so there's something good about the crowd, and yet there's something that needs to be redeemed about the crowd. 
And it's the same with Bartimaeus. There's, there's something about Bartimaeus that on the surface is incredibly unattractive. Right? This blind man sitting by the road, he probably smelled terrible. He looked terrible. And he was annoying, right? Unaware of social norms, just screaming out, right? And it's like, no, like, don't you understand? We've got this thing going on and you're interrupting everything about it, right? We could actually say, like, with real legitimacy that there's something within Bartimaeus that could still benefit by being redeemed, not to mention his physical blindness. And yet at the same time, in Bartimaeus, there's something so deeply good, right? He actually, even though he can't physically see Jesus, he sees Jesus in a way that the members of the crowd don't see him. Because Bartimaeus is aware of his neediness, he's aware of his simple desperation before the Lord that without Jesus, without this this Messiah in front of me, I am good for nothing. I am worthless. But with him, that's everything. So there's something in Bartimaeus that, that isn't perfect. And at the same time, there is something in Bartimaeus that is so good and worth lifting up. Right? So like I said, I can recognize myself in both of those places that, that I am, as a member of the crowd, I am delighted to be with Jesus. And as a member of the crowd, I am open to receiving instruction from him. And yet, at the same time as a member of the crowd, sometimes I'm not all that interested in getting other people to come along. As a member of the crowd, sometimes I give in to the danger of being complacent. Sometimes not even wanting myself to really follow that closely. Right? So there's, there's good in that, and there's also something that needs redemption. Similarly, with Bartimaeus, right, I recognize in him uh, that, that I, like him, am needy. Right? I, like him, am desperate for Jesus to be filled by him, to be healed and redeemed by him. And yet at the same time, I recognize within myself that sometimes I'm spiritually blind just like he was physically blind. That sometimes I'm not that interested in really seeing Jesus, or I'm not able to see Jesus as he sees Jesus, right? This is, so, so it's like, we relate, I relate to both, and I think really this is something for all of us, right? I'm not talking about this just because it's for me, but I think this is something that we all can relate to, that each of us in some ways, we ought to be able to relate to the crowd in the ways that they're good and in the ways that they need redemption. And we ought to be able to relate to Bartimaeus in the ways that he is good and in the ways that he still needs redemption. This is something that's important for us individually and as a community. Right? Individually, there are areas in your life that are good and honorable and that the Lord wants to encourage you and lift you up in. And there are other areas in your life, just like in mine, that are in need of redemption, that are in need of repentance, that are in need of his healing graces, so that you can come to a place of seeing him more clearly and following him along the way. And then, of course, as a community, we have those same things, that there are things in our community that are good and honorable, and yet there are things also that need redemption. As I was praying with this passage, I thought, oh, this fits 
so well with something that we're doing beginning this weekend in our parishes in Richfield. So in your pews, we're not going to pray this yet, but in your pews, there are little prayer cards. So when Father Lickus uh, and the parish staff started this, this new three parish in one kind of thing, right? So we each have three different parishes, St. Peter's, Assumptions, and Assumption, and St. Richard's. And we're kind of not merging, but we're, we're forming this cluster of all three parishes, trying to become one Catholic community in Richfield. Three separate parishes, but one Catholic community. He, when, when this began, he, he and the parish staff decided, we got to find a way to unite ourselves in whatever ways that we can. Because if one thing has been pretty clear over the last four months, it's that our three parishes, while we're all Catholic, we're certainly not united together in our mission. There are things that, that are good and worth lifting up, and I'll talk about those in a minute, but there are also things that are maybe in need of redemption. And I think this prayer does a really good job of explaining that, or of, of asking the Lord to bless us in the ways that we receive blessings, but also to continue to redeem us, to form us according to his will. So I'm not going to go line by line through the prayer, but just to highlight a couple of things, right? Loving God, we thank you for the generations of faithful Catholics whose lives have witnessed to the gospel in our parish communities. With gratitude and hope, we look forward to the future, right? This is the part where we recognize within ourselves that we're here, right? We're here and we're part of the crowd and like that's not a bad thing. And it's not just us, but it's actually all the people who have come before us. Betsy was telling me actually before Mass that our three parishes all began at Assumption Parish. And from there, we've kind of expanded out to be these three separate parishes. And it's super great, and it's, it's so good that, that so many of us have had family members that grew up here. We ourselves have grown up here. We've been baptized, maybe, received First Communion, Confirmation, all the different sacraments. Like, what a gift that we have to be a part of the crowd, to come and follow Jesus and be in his presence. And we're grateful for that gift, and we look forward to continuing to live in that place. And yet, at the same time, we have to recognize within ourselves that we're in need of redemption. We're in need of God's grace. That without the grace that Jesus provides in the sacraments and through his church, without that grace, our communities are doomed to fail. And so we recognize that we need God's aid for us as we continue to move forward. Above all, because things like change is hard. Right? And again, when, whenever change is presented to us, it's just really easy to look inward, right? It's really easy to fall into complacency or, you know, like, well, that person doesn't belong here. Rather, what the Lord wants us to do is to begin to look outward so that when you come to Mass, whether you're at St. Peter's or Assumption or, or uh, St. Richard's or if you go to Mass at another parish in the area, that's fine. But when you come to Mass and you see someone that you've never seen before, your first thought isn't, they're sitting in my spot. But instead, it's like, oh, what a gift that there's somebody new in my community that maybe I can actually approach and see if there's any way that I can help them in their walk with Jesus. If there's any way that I can help them come to a place of deeper redemption and healing with the Lord so that together as one, we can walk with Jesus on the way. 
That's why in the rest of the prayer, we talk about how we want the Lord God to impress upon our hearts and minds your will for our parishes, right? We don't want to seek our own wills. We don't want to do things our own way. But rather, we want to come to worship God. We want to approach the Lord God, and we want to say, Lord, let your will be done. Let us do things your way and not our own. Hopefully our way matches with his, but first and foremost, we want to seek his way, and so we ask him for that. It's as though we're recognizing within ourselves that we can be selfish or complacent, and so we say, Lord, teach us to be selfless, to be outward focused, to look at you, and then for what? May your Holy Spirit breathe life into our ministries and inspire creative and bold initiatives, asking the Lord to inspire us and to show us how we can minister to the people around us, both within the parish and within the other parish communities. Right? Asking him to make friendships within this parish in St. Richard's, but also maybe even friendships with people at St. Peter's or Assumption. Right? Asking the Lord to build this up within us so that we don't have to be three separate communities, but we can recognize that we're all Catholics, that we're all following Jesus Christ, hopefully with our whole hearts. And we don't have to do it separately, but we can do it united together as one community. As we recognize the things that are good within us, the things that the Lord has already done, but also recognizing the different ways that we need redemption and healing. And asking the Lord to bring that healing deeper and deeper into our hearts, into the heart of our community, so that as one community, we can follow Jesus on the way.